Welcome to most of Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Tarek. Insert witty intro here. And no one else. So, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Gary John Evans will not be joining us for this one. Unfortunately, there is some uh, some things happened that makes it impossible for him to join. Um, thanks. He hasn't City been fired. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, City Power. Or, yeah whoever is is the supplier of electricity to his neighborhood but so, but he will be back he will be back i'm sure <laughs> maybe <laughs> and and 75 percent of our listenership so three people have just stopped listening entirely because they'll have to listen to just me and you for a bit and that's probably annoying and there's like one person going maybe they're joking yeah i'll hang on and and, and see yeah no, we're not joking. There is no gas for this episode. Um, it's not going to change. So if that bugs you, tune out now. <laughs> Shall oh, we? Uh... How's it? Sorry. <laughs> I know that was weak. Uh, that was weak. You should have used that as your intro. But you had um, set me up for it. I did. So because we don't have our third member, we're not going to discuss any. Well, <laughs> you said member. <laughs> Sorry. Third member. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh nice. Your uh, your this. other one is here. I need to get it to you. I'm uh, really enjoying this. Unko's other uh, one is here too. I need to get it to him as well. This tasty um, Nestle spring water. Nestle still spring water. Yeah. Yeah. Very still. Yes. Um, we're not going to do a big topic tonight. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of little things that have come up on the, <laughs> like our third member. A whole bunch of little things that have come up on the Welcome to Gun Show group, uh, questions that have been asked in person, and we'll see where that takes us. Any announcements we need to do, T-Bag? Uh, the drill of the month for December is going to be dot torture. Um, it's a higher round count one than we've been doing normally, but I think it's a good one for everyone over December when you're doing a little bit more time to go do a drill that does more things. So do that. At what distance? Shall uh, we start them off easy at 12 meters? Yeah, 12, 12 meters, except for the weekend stuff, they can do it 11.9. Um, <laughs> so what I suggest is start at three. If you can clean it at three, go back to four. If you can clean it at four, go back to five. Don't try and run a timer or anything like that. Try and run 50 out of 50. That should be your goal. Yeah. It'll it'll show you some weaknesses. Mine's still weekend only. I need to go spend like a couple of thousand rounds just shooting weekend only at some point. Fix some stuff. Yeah. Life that sounds fun. that sounds unfun, but deeply, deeply unfun. Maybe it'll fix some stuff. Or maybe I'll make a whole lot of noise and not a lot of holes in paper. Yeah, One of those two things. Maybe you'll decide you need another hobby. <laughs> yes, perhaps. <laughs> Luckily, we're doing it at 11 and a half meters, not 12 meters, so I should be Yeah, fine. Yeah, it'll, 12 meters would be just too much. <laughs> awesome. So that's Drill of the Month. Um, uh, there is still the... Stop the bleed at Magnum United on the 18th of December. Mm. I don't know if that's filled up yet or not. Um, go have a look at the Facebook page. I'll link it again. Uh, if it hasn't, feel free to come and join us. 
obviously you have to pay the people and just show up. Um, you can pay for us be, as well if you want. You can pay for us as well. We will be there. We'll call um, Patreon. I'm sure they will be uh, very thankful to have everyone on the course. Uh, and it's it's really good stuff. So Wild Medics will be uh, presenting that at Magnum United. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Thanks to Guns at Work for the sponsorship on the shirts and for letting me use their range a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Um, Have you got your, uh, your, your team shirt yet? With the logo on it. Apparently, I'm getting my team shirt at the Nationals. But you may be surprised to discover that I'm taking a shirt for every day, just in case. Steve Wells. Is one of those the Welcome to the Gun shirt shirt? Of course it is. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> I expected it to be. I just want to make sure. Uh, so if you see a really big dude in a in a shirt with a, with a Welcome to the Gun show monkey on it, um, you know who it is. Uh, it even has my catchphrase on the back. Um, no, not fuck off, Kune, the other way. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was. It, I thought it said fifty dollars, fifty dollars, but <laughs> it's twenty dollars. <laughs> I'm cheap and easy. Um, thanks to Magnum for being Magnum. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Um, what about shotguns? I, I don't know what you do. Oh, Nexus Pro, Nexus Pro, Nexus Pro. Fuck. Nexus okay. Pro, Nexus Pro. At least Nexus you Pro. knew I was trying to load a virtual shotgun. <laughs> so that's good. What, uh, we don't have a shotgun match. No, what? We do not. Um, Yet. T and I shot some, uh, some PCC last weekend. You did um, bloody well, considering you'd never shot that gun before. And never shot a PCC match before. Yeah, I, I could probably have done a little bit better if I was a little bit more confident with the gun. Um, I don't mean I had more time behind it if I wasn't. I think on some things I was I was massively over-confirming. And on other things I was not quite doing enough confirming, right? Like that yeah. that, that uh, shooting down the no-shoot and the plate with the same round of 9 mil. That, trick shot that was fucking impressive. You know, like shotgun, yeah, you know, that, that happens all the time. With, with a pistol, that, that was some impressive bullet splitting shit. <laughs> so, I mean, if I probably just took like, I don't know, a split second longer to confirm that, that would have been much better. Um, yeah, it was it was great fun. Good match. Um, thank you for letting me shoot your, uh, your PCC. Right, no problem. And uh, yeah, we should probably do some more of those in the future. Um, I need to follow up on where my uh, license app is on that thing so that I can practice and actually shoot with you. I mean, some of us are going to be shooting PCC on Monday. Gaz is even shooting. The fucker's probably going to beat me. He might walk away with another national title. <laughs> well, he's definitely... I tell you what, if he does that, he's definitely walking away from Stolfontaine to his fucking house. <laughs> Gaz, miss a couple. You heard yeah. you have to walk. Just just right. throw a couple. Yeah. Just like one stage. It's like no. <laughs> yeah, so for the dudes who haven't shot PCC and are uh, considering buying uh rifles, maybe look at the PCC option if you're buying it for you no know, that kind of match thing. If you're buying it to shoot shit very far away, PCC is not gonna do it for you. But um, oh, good. that requires lying in the ground and dirt and stuff. So I don't want to do that anyway. So, sweet. Shall yeah, we? I think, uh, 
I, I, if, if you're looking at buying a, a rifle right now, I would probably buy a PCC before I bought a rifle. Um, still buy, I'm not talking about handling rifle, I'm talking about a, 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 an AR. Still buy a rifle, but uh, PCC is lots of fun and you can, you can shoot it a lot cheaper. Uh, and uh, I think the plan at EG, I hope I'm not talking too soon, is that the shot the shotgun leagues will also be PCC leagues going forward, like that one we shot. So nice. Uh, you'll get welcome your... to PCC Steel Challenge. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, we shot we had paper on one stage; everything else was steel. It was uh, it was interesting. And I shot two Charlies for the bloody day. What the hell? <laughs> and and a no shoot. And no shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Can't miss this. What a bit. Cool stuff. Shall uh, I read the list of things in some order that makes sense for us to speak of these things? Okay, let us speak of these things so in a logical order. That let us start thing. at the very beginning because that's a very good place to start. Walrus and the Carpenter. Walrus and the Carpenter. Hmm. At the very beginning, thought you would get Lewis Carroll on this show. <laughs> no one, literally no. One. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start us off with the one that I have been asked a couple of times in the last week. Um, it's hap- it's been asked on Welcome the Gun Show as well. Um, so I'm looking at buying a rifle. And I have considered two things. I have looked at the AR and the AK option. Um, I'm considering buying an AR in 5.56 because 308 is not an AR-15. And I've looked at a 7.62 by 39 AK of some description, probably from China. Um, which one should I buy? An AR. Next. Um, <laughs> so we're we're no, in agreement my answer has literally been to everyone that's asked me um what do you intend to do with it and when they go i want to shoot it it's like well then buy the ar because it's much more pleasant you know i, I think let's expand on this a little bit <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the ak and, and i'm not going to say platform because that annoys the ever-loving fuck out of me. <laughs> um there's nothing wrong with the ak pattern rifle but it is <laughs> And, and 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 I'm going to blow a whole lot of minds here. I lump in the mighty LM and Galil in the same thing. Um, they're outdated. Uh, they're in this. It, it's not that it's. And yes, it's not much older a design than the AR, um, but it just it hasn't evolved. Their optics options are more limited, and none of them are as good. Um, ergonomically, the mag release system is is a lot slower. Uh, the safety is stupid, um, and and the you know the additions to make it more workable are still not as good as the safety on an AR. It doesn't have a lot last round bolt hold open. Um, it's not it's not a bad rifle. Like I, I still want one, but if if you're going to go out and buy your, your, yourself a rifle. Go buy an AR. Um, there's also this sort of perception that you know, like you can get a, a, a an AK a lot cheaper. A good AR, AK is still going to cost you money, um, and it's going to cost you more money to kit up because uh, that's the other thing. Um, as a as a base tool, a, a basic AR 
uh, you know, you can get an M&P 15 for not too much money. And, and while that's not quite a Sons of Liberty Gunworks or insert your favorite AR manufacturer here, um, it's a solid base rifle. And for what most guys are buying them for here, uh, it, it gives you a really solid place to start. Um, unless you're a child soldier, in which case, you know, get yourself a fucking cream cob and an RPG and go mad. Yeah, but my, my opinions are pretty much the same. Um, the fact that mounting optics to a rifle in 2021 is a problem, is a problem for me because you know, rifles should have optics. Um, we're not sort of in, I don't know, the, the Boer War or something. We're, we've, we've passed that, right? We're at a point where optics should be on rifles and fitting them should be easy and fitting them should be reliable. I don't want to deal with something that every time I take my gun down, I have to re-zero it. Or, you know, I set it down against the wall a little bit sturdily, and all of a sudden I need to re-zero my gun. That's stupid. Um, I don't like that. I know that there are rails and things that bolt on in, in different ways, sort of part of the far end um, that eliminate some of that, but that rail is probably going to set you back a good percentage of an actual AR. And there's there's cool stuff, but it's it's massively expensive to do it right. The lack of bolt op hold open is a is a problem for me, um, because it slows literally everything down. And then the the biggest one and the reason that I do not want an AK is the safety. It is it's not the most well thought out thing in the world from the shooter's perspective. Right? It it functions perfectly fine as a safety. The problem is getting it on and off when you need it on and off. Um, so I don't like that. As D said, even on like the LMs where you have a, a thumb selector, it's it's far from optimal. It's not it's not in the same league as as an AR. It just isn't. Um, I will make one exception on the AK thing, um, and that is for really short rifles with folding stocks. Um, that's it for for me. You want to buy one? Be my guest. No problem with them. They're fun to shoot, but I wouldn't buy one as an actual thing to shoot. No, you know, and, and yes, as, as, you know, guys will come up with, oh, there's the side rails and there's this optic mount, and none of them work as well as 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 you know what's available for an AR. The iron sights on AKs are fucking terrible. Um, the triggers are often quite nice. Um, one of the arguments that comes up is that no ammo's, you know, ammo's cheap. At the moment, yes, there's cheap surplus stuff. To, to, to base a purchase around that, um, I think it's kind of silly. Uh, and it's not black, it's the best ammo in the world ever. Um, you know, it's, it's just, there's this perception that AKs are unstoppable. AKs can have malfunctions and do have malfunctions. They're very reliable guns, generally, if they're properly built. Um, but uh, I, I think I read many, many years ago that stuck with me is that AKs are more accurate than you think and ARs are more reliable than you think. Um, a good AR-15 is ridiculously reliable. Um, no, you don't have to keep them spotlessly clean because I own one. And if you know me, you know that it's never been cleaned. Um, and it runs like a stabbed rat. Uh, they, you, you, th there's a reason that... The, the place is still using AKs, the, the, the guys. And there's a bit of a, a philosophical thing as well. If you look at what, what the AK was designed for, 
um, or, or the, the the end user the AK was designed for. Um, and you know the reason that the safety selector works the way it is, and that is because you're designed to sit on the side of an armored vehicle, put it on full auto, and spray bullets in the general direction of, of where you want to hit. Um, whereas the AO was designed with a little bit more of a rifleman mentality in mind. Um, and unless you're driving around on the side of an armored vehicle, spraying rounds, um, maybe that rifleman thing works a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I just I think think about it beyond the the myth um or the myth um and and yeah if you, I, I think corner and i are agreement if you want if you want an answer to the question go buy a good ar um problem solved uh, yep and make sure it's a good ar though don't buy um in the us it might be okay to buy a cheap rifle because you can buy all the parts to upgrade it and I mean all the parts. You can you can go out and you can buy receivers and you can buy barrels and, and stuff like that might be fine in the in the States. And the licensing wait period, as long as it's not a short barrel rifle, is generally quite reasonable. I'm sure they're state dependent things, but generally quite reasonable. Over Most here places, it's a rifle. You're gonna buy it over the shelf, I think, and walk home with it. Or drive yep. home with it, because it's America. Um, <laughs> over here, you're gonna wait a long time. And you may have difficulties in licensing it, depending on how bitchy they're being at that moment. So if you buy the wrong thing, it's not a simple fix like, well, I bought this gun in some obscure caliber, but I really need something now that bulk ammo is available for. So I'm just going to rebarrel it. You can't do that over here. So buy the right thing and don't buy something that's made of like you know, Swiss cheese where you shoot it for 300 rounds and all of a sudden you need to replace major parts that may be licensed parts. Um, be, be careful in what you buy. Do not just believe people on their recommendations. Be sure to speak to people with some knowledge in this, this area. And by that, I don't necessarily mean us. Um, T has a lot more experience with this, but if you need to know about ARs, go talk to the guys who are shooting the um have been shooting the ipsic rifle nationals for years the guys have been overseas and competed there and they've seen all the failures that guns have go talk to them about what they've seen and what they recommend it might not come at a necessarily the price point that you want but they will probably be able to tell you what a good base rifle is where the parts that are a problem to replace will last and then you can build the stuff that you need on top of that you know picture furniture and triggers and stuff that you need and and you'll you'll notice when you chat to those guys that um none of none of the guys who are doing anything in in the top end of the results spectrum are doing it with ak's here i don't know yeah. maybe i think outside of russia you're unlikely to see any top shooters shooting an ak yes i, I agree and the 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 easier to shoot nicer ak's that are designed around this kind of shooting um, are a lot more than an AR. <laughs> what is that thing? There, uh, that fancy. Uh, Demi had some for sale not long ago. Oh yeah, there's been a couple of. I can't remember the model, but that, that was a lot of money. <laughs> you can buy you can buy a really nice AR for that. So <laughs> do that. <laughs> the uh, the next question on here, where I am kind of useless. Um, well, I suppose I could probably answer the second part of this. But uh, someone has asked uh, what you would select as your, and I assume this is for South Africa, 
he doesn't give more detail than that. But what would you choose as your main hunting rifle? So if you could only have one, and what would you choose as your sidearm when hunting? So mine would be a CZ seventy. Uh, 550 ebony and 7x64 the greatest planes game cartridge in the history of the world ever uh, if, if you're looking to buy sort of one it, it's it's like it, it's like what's the best gun pistol to carry sort of question or, or something like that um, it's going to depend on, on what you want to do with it what you want to hunt with it where you're going to hunt with it you know if if, if you're if, if all your hunting is going to be shooting Hemsbuck and Springbok far away, um, you're going to need a slightly, you're probably going to need something a little bit different to uh, someone who, who does all their hunting in the bushveld where 100 meters is is like a, wow, look how long the shot is sort of thing. Um, I I really like the, the CZ bolt guns. Um, I really like the tickers. Um, there's not a there's not a lot of bad guns you know the howers jokes aside are great value for money um they they shoot really straight I've, I've yet to speak to anyone who's had a problematic one um the the new beretta brx1 is super exciting um it, it's a it's a really interesting concept it also and, and and the problem with answering this question as well to a degree is that there is a degree of what do you what what do you want you know you some some guys really like super modern futuristic stuff. Some guys really like blue steel and walnut. Um, I really like blue steel and walnut, but I also definitely see the role for something when you're going to get stuck in the rain on a mountain in the free state. Yes, they do have those. Um, that's a little bit more impervious to that. So th there's no one answer. There, there's no, you need to go out and buy this gun. Um, what I would do is, I'd have a, a serious look at what you're likely to shoot. I'd have a, I'd, if you're going to reload, um, th that opens up a lot more caliber options to you. Uh, you know, if, if, if you've always wanted an eight mil Remington Magnum, that's awesome. You're not going to buy ammo for it. You're probably going to have a really hard time finding brass for it. Uh, 308's generally the, the, the standard recommendation. I think it's the most boring fucking thing in the world. And I, also think it's the most overrated cartridge in the world um it is a solid option that, that ticks the boxes for most things um jokes aside 6.5 vegan the creedmoor makes a huge amount of sense it's probably on the lightish side if you're going to be shooting big animals um, you're going to be, have to be a little bit more careful about um, ammo choices and that it'll do it it's just not ideal but <sighs> Something I've, I've seen is, you know, one of the classics, especially when I was growing up, is the classic recommendation is that if you buy yourself a 375 H&H Magnum, you can shoot anything that walks on the planet, which is true. If you want to shoot a dick dick or if you want to shoot an elephant, a 375 will make it dead. Um, the problem is, and, and I know a couple of guys who made this mistake, have sold their 308, 306, 270, whatever, uh, bought a, a 375, and then went, the problem is, 90% of what I shoot is blue wildebeest and smaller. So I'm dealing with this big, heavy rifle that kicks harder than my previous rifle, is more expensive to shoot, um, and I don't need it. So I would I would look in that sort of, <laughs> that mid-range of, of, depending which, if, I really like the 7x64 and, and 7 mils on Magic. I'd probably stay away from a Magnum, um, especially for your first rifle, just because, you know... <laughs> 
Seven Mile Rem Mag, as an example, brings very little to the table that, that than a seven by 64 does. Um, but those extra 150 feet per second require an extra 20 grains of powder with the recoil and, and all of that that comes with that. So uh, 306 is on the upper end of most people's recoil, um, sort of, you know, what, what they can stand recoil wise. And, and that's an important thing as well. And I, I don't claim to be a, a super experienced hunter. I, I shoot a bit of rifle. I, I hunt a little bit. Um, what I do see is a lot of guys going on about how they don't care about recoil. Um, I do. I'm, I'm, I don't like hard kicking rifles. Uh, I, I want to be able to shoot well. I know for me, if I'm going to, you know, if, if I'm going to buy a 338 Win Mag, it's awesome. Um, and I'm not going to want to shoot at that much. And I'm going to have a hard, and I've seen guys have hard times that go through 30 rounds trying to um, zero a rifle off the bench because it's beating the shit out of them and they're slamming on the trigger. So the, the something, something a little bit smaller than that starts making a lot more sense because it it's just easier to to deal with so if you're boring and have no let's say 6.5 creedmoor has become so popular because it's a solid caliber um, but you know the 270 the the um 243 and that's probably on the light end for one rifle um, and this you know but it, it's going to depend on what you're going to shoot so what i would do is i'd be very careful about asking gun shops i'd be very careful about asking every worm you can um I'd, I'd do a little bit of research and and the first thing i'd do is i try and look at what am i going to do with the rifle if you're going to be running around in mountains chasing reedbuck um you don't want a big heavy rifle. You don't need a particularly super powerful rifle. Uh, if you're going to be shooting, you know, if, if, if you're going to be shooting off the back of a bucky, um, then however heavy the rifle is doesn't actually matter. Um, but you, you need to be realistic about the game you you can afford. So going, oh, I'm going to buy a 375 or 416 because I can shoot a buffalo. If that's not in your budget or not in your reasonable budget in the near future, maybe start with something a little bit more useful. Um, so for me, if I could only have one rifle, it would be a 7x64 because I am somewhat biased and because 7 more is the magic caliber. Um, but something like that, a 270 works really, really well. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of sort of staple calibers that, that'll, that'll tick the boxes. I would... I'd probably look on the south end of 306 for most people, especially if it's your first rifle. Um, I would seriously consider putting a, a silencer in whatever rifle you, you get. It makes a massive difference in recoil. Um, more and more game farms are requiring it, um, and it does make your life easier. Um, and then don't skimp on glass. Uh, I'd rather buy a 10,000 Rand Hauer and put a 30,000 Rand Swarovski on it than buy a 50,000 Rand Sarko and put a 2,000 Rand, let's not insert a name, a brand in case they get really upset with us, cheap and shitty scope. Um, so, you know, put put decent glass on it. And also on that, be realistic about the glass. I see a lot of guys sticking massive magnification scopes on rifles and then they go hunting in the bush and their lowest end magnification, it takes them 15 minutes to try and find the animal because um, it's too close 
and they've got this tiny field of view. So just you, if you're buying a hunting rifle, it's not a target rifle. Don't try and make it a target rifle. If you're buying a target rifle, it's not a hunting rifle. A really good target rifle is going to be a shitty hunting rifle. A really good hunting rifle is going to be a shitty target rifle. So just like a really good competition pistol is probably not going to be a great carry pistol. So yeah, there, there's no quick, easy answer. I would, I, you know, get get a solid brand. Um, make sure it's something you know that that's pretty well supported. You know, especially if it's something that uses a detachable box magazine. You want to be able to buy more when you lose yours. Um, you know, I have a I have a, a fantastic little Anschutz Triple Two that's beautiful, but finding mags for that is a challenge. So I have to guard the mag as as tightly as I guard the gun, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, just you know, buy something like that. I I probably wouldn't buy a Sports Rise three hundred three though. Yeah, neither would I. In principle. <laughs> so, uh, the second part of that question was, uh, what would you consider as a sidearm? And I understand that's also going to be uh, massively um, dependent on where you hunt, what you hunt, and what you're likely to run into. Yeah, you know, it's. I actually, I, we we've been in. It's probably a year now we've been working on a whole sort of dangerous game backup thing involving 10 more pistols. Um, but, you know, that's that's sort of a, a somewhat specialized thing. A lot of people recommend revolvers because you can put snake shots in them, don't shoot fucking snakes. Um, if you can get close enough to kill it with a, a handgun snake shot, you, you, you're making yourself in greater danger, learn how to deal with the things. Um, you know, if you're going to coup de gras things, I've I've coup de gras things with a nine mil that worked fine because if you're coup de growing it, you're shooting it in the brain really close. Um, so when I go in the field, uh, I uh, generally take the gun I'm carrying. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want a cool cool, it, it's a it's a great reason, and I think this might might be more in line with what the question actually is. It's a fantastic reason to get yourself a nice four inch three five seven magnum revolver. Like jokes aside, um, most people can shoot those. Uh, most people can shoot those reasonably well. Um, you're not going to shoot at the same pace and stuff that you're going to shoot a, a, a similar pistol and nine more. Most people can shoot those fairly well if you're like heading towards, I don't know, um, 44 mag. Um, most people cannot shoot those well. Uh, so those are not a good option unless you absolutely need something like 44 mag. 10 mil auto and a semi-auto pistol is probably another good thing to uh, to look at. Um, I don't hunt, so I can't give you hunting advice, but I can tell you that uh, 10 mil auto is um, pretty fucking stout and uh, will get you out of trouble in a lot of situations. Not all situations, but... It, it'll it'll help in a lot of situations if you need that. So, something I've seriously contemplated as a hunting gun, and this is going to sound really silly, and it, it's the, the thing that stopped me buying it so far is because I, it's money. Um, is there's I think there's a fair amount of sense in getting yourself, and this is going to sound weird, like a two two or two two Magnum J frame. Um, yep. You know, if you're going to be walking a lot, it's less weight to carry. If you've got it for sort of coup de grace and that sort of thing, it'll work fine. Um, yeah, so it depends on it depends on what you want to do with it. If if you want to hunt with it, then it's going to have to be at least a four inch three five seven. 
or something and then I'd, I'd go bigger but that's a, a whole other thing and handgun hunting I considered it once and then went um no you can keep it uh but you know it there are they're logical they're sort of logical arguments to be made for a lot of stuff so I'm guessing the the listener is looking for an excuse for another gun um and then the gun you want to buy is the perfect perfect accompaniment to your um, hunting rifle which should be a 7 by 64 i mean predictably you were going to say 7 by 64 so the best hunting rifle calibers are in fact metric metric um, there's <laughs> science in that that makes sense <laughs> so <laughs> science um <clears throat> the next question was 1301 comp versus tactical versus pro and i mean by the pro but do you, do you want to like get into a little bit more detail on that one well the things you're going to license a semi-auto shotgun for in this country um the comp makes a huge amount of sense uh yes if i lived in the states and i had a, a dedicated home defense semi-auto shotgun it may be a tactical it probably still be a 21 inch pro um, because I think the, the pro has got a lot of or, or comp. I think it's got a lot going for it. The, the, the pro is, it offers a bit more than the comp. If, if the comp's in your budget and the pro is not in your budget, then buy the comp. You're not, the, the biggest thing you need is the pro lifter. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, and, 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 I, and I remember the particular question on the group because the guy also posted a picture of what wasn't a 1301 tackle, it was a 1301 Langdon Tactical Elite, um, which you're not going to get here and which is going to cost you a lot of money to try and replicate here. Um, and yeah, you know, for, as I said, the, the South African situation being what it is compared to other places, and unless you're, you're one of the very, very lucky, limited, well, possibly unlucky if you can get it, limited people who can get a Section 14 license, um, you're the, the things you're going to use it for um a, a comp makes a hell of a lot of sense sorry i'm pouring beer over here <laughs> i was <laughs> muted for a moment but i'll unmute so people can hear the the actual mm. pour happening um black, black gold i i agree that uh the comp makes a hell of a lot of sense uh the pro has some nice features that that add on top of the uh the comp but honestly the the shorter battle on the uh on the tech really doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense for us um so even in the house if you were forced to use a sports gun to defend yourself um you can run a long barrel shotgun in the house pretty bloody effectively um so i wouldn't let that stop me i i think the uh the, the longer gun makes more sense and the gun that's set up to be to be shot not by timmy's right um is has a lot of advantages to it and jokes aside if, you, if you're going to be doing the sort of house clearing thing in, in, in most sort of south african houses um a, a pistol actually makes more sense for that movement stuff than than a long gun just because of the the spaces and unless you live in you know something palatial in which case you've probably got someone in the guardhouse um but it, you know for most of us the 
I, I've always I've kind of long been a big fan of the, the Masada Yub concept of, of your your long gun being artillery, um, and your pistol being a, being a more useful is being infantry. You know, if you if you're gonna and and there's various different. I think we've discussed some previous shows, but you know, if if you're gonna do the run to the kids' room and grab them and bring them back to your bedroom. That's going to be a lot easier with a pistol than than even with an 18 inch shotgun as opposed to the difference there between an 18 and 21 inch shotgun is going to be absolutely nothing um and if you've got everyone settled in one room or you you've sort of moved forward between the the living area and whatever whatever your plan is um if you if you're settling in, in one spot and unless you're getting into sort of 30 inch duck guns and even then you could actually do surprisingly good work with them um you know, it's it it's about training to use use the thing. Um, so for me, I uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't trade my my thirteen oh ones in on on tax. Yep, neither would I. Um, the tax also have the um, not quite ghost ring sites, but they have the the fixed posts, right? They so. don't run ribs. No, they don't have ribs, and 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 ribs ribs are. The second best thing behind red dots on a shotgun. Yeah, I, I don't like ghost ring sights on shotguns. Um, yeah, neither do I. Don't, don't do that. Also, um, maybe slightly off topic, but if you're going to buy a shotgun, don't buy something with a pistol grip. Oh, something with a collapsible stock is not going to work unless you have a pistol grip. So don't do that. Um, don't go for ridiculously short barrels unless you have a very specific use case where that is necessary um so yeah and, and especially don't go with really short barrels that aren't choked um i, I know that the, the the whole thing is that barrel length has no difference on on pattern size um I, then i've just seen a whole lot of weird coincidences on guns from 14 to 28 inches uh but especially and, and something to bear in mind here we can't get federal flight control or any of that sort of stuff. So chokes are, to me, um, if I'm going to be using buckshot and again, uh, not really a negotiable thing because um, a cylinder ball gun and, and buckshot is, it's an area weapon. Um, I am on a, on a side note becoming more and more fa a fan of the shotgun slug um, <laughs> for, for various anti-meat purposes um but uh yeah it, you know super short gun with with no chokes is it's not going to it's not going to be ideal um and short barrel shotguns are loud um so that's something to consider as well what <laughs> uh cool stuff i think that covers the uh comp versus tech versus pro um by the comp or if you can buy the pro the uh, next question on here was um, non-lethals. When are they good and when are they not good? And I think in a separate question, there was uh, there was questions about those uh, pepper ball guns, um, which may or may not be related to this question. I can't remember if it was the same person. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of less lethals that look like lethals. Um, I think they... Uh for one thing they increase your chances of getting shot uh they also come come with the, the challenges of now pointing something that appears to be a firearm and, and the issues that come with that um and 
less lethal is a is a different it's a different tool to to lethal force um it's one of those things people get confused about where they think that a knife or, or even a club is a less lesser sort of threat or force level than a pistol or a, or a firearm and it's not um lethal force is lethal force um if i smash your head in with a brick stab you in the throat or shoot you in the face um all of those are lethal force, even if you do survive. Um, so I, I would rather, if, if you're wanting a, a less lethal tool, um, and, and I would rather place a less lethal, less, less lethal, less lethal tool as, as something beneath um, lethal force, not as a replacement for it. So I understand for some people, it means that, you know, what do I do while I'm waiting for a gun? Um, and, 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 you know, the, the answer has always been get a knife, but knives come with their own challenges. Um, I think pepper spray or something like that's really useful, but my recommendation would be to get pepper spray as opposed to a pepper gun. Um, part of that as well is for the price of a pepper gun, you could have pepper sprays in your every door pocket of your car, um, your microwave, your freaking fridge, under your couch, you could have pepper sprays everywhere and still pay less than you know you, you would have spent on one of those things. Um, I think I just I think it's it's a more useful tool. Uh, and to be honest, if you're a, if you're an able-bodied individual, I would very seriously contemplate some sort of um, impact weapon uh, as the next level up while you're waiting for a while you're waiting for a, your firearm. Um, knives are. Knives are not quite the panacea people try and make them out to be. Um, and I, I think most people, myself included, would be far better off with a club than a knife um, if, if, if they needed a, a higher level of force um, and didn't have access to a firearm. <coughs> yep. Um, I like pepper spray. Um, I carry pepper spray with me everywhere I go because I have pepper spray on my keys for my car. Um, I, I think pepper spray could be very useful against people because not every problem is a shooting problem. Um, that's not why I carry pepper spray. That's a happy side effect. Um, I carry pepper spray because when I'm walking my dogs, um, if we have an encounter with other dogs that are aggressive, um, I would like to, you know, not have to do something that uh, would hurt my soul. Um, I'd rather pepper spray, if possible. Um, I agree with T that some form of impact weapon is going to be a far better thing than having something that imitates a firearm, even if it doesn't look like a firearm to firearm people, right? Gun people will look at that thing and go, hey, that's not a gun. Um, Non-gun people will look at that thing and go, that's a gun. Uh, they're either calling the police on you or they might be non-gun people who carry a gun and you get shot. Um, I'm, I'm not a great fan of those. I'm sure that they could have some application in uh, home defense um, if it's your absolute only option. But bear in mind deploying pepper in your house is as bad for you as it is for whoever is attacking you. More so when you fuck it up and you only pepper yourself. Um, I would, if it's not a shooting problem, I would rather use something that's uh, blunt force. 
than potentially blinding myself and putting myself out the fight without incapacitating the other person. Um, yeah, I think this. I think I think the yeah. If you look at what pepper guns specifically were designed for, they were designed for sort of um, problem animal control and crowd control. Uh, th there's a big difference between trying to disperse a crowd by making them uncomfortable and trying to disperse a, a, a violent attacker who who may well soak up multiple rounds from a handgun uh, without being deterred. And now we're going to hope that giving him a snotty nose is, is and, and a bit of a sneeze is is going to um, fix the problem. And as I say, I'm, I'm not saying pepper spray isn't useful. I think pepper spray is very useful, but it's useful for very different things to what a gun is. Um, you know, a gun is not very useful for getting, uh, you know, a, a street kid who's getting really aggressive and who's a bit out of it um, to back off when you don't want to sort of use actual force, but where there's a threat or, or, or that sort of thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of times where using pepper spray might, might even be preferable to punching someone because it, it's a less damaging um, level of force. Uh, so it's a useful tool, but it's not a replacement for, for a gun. You know, just like a gun is not a replacement for having some sort of skills in and of yourself that don't involve weapons. Um, so if you're waiting for your gun, uh, make sure that you've hardened your perimeter if you're looking for a home defense thing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of having lots of very powerful torches available. Um, I think that's one of the most useful tools. Uh, it, it's also a useful tool out and about. Um, you know, guy gets a little bit funny in a parking lot or, you know, something like that. You bang him in the eyes. You, you look like a bit of a dick, um, especially if he wasn't actually doing anything. But you've you've once again used a tool to... To give yourself a little bit of space uh you know dude, dude's kind of you're not too sure you wang him in the in the face with a thousand lumens um you trash his night vision and he hates you uh but you haven't done anything and uh, yeah sorry buddy uh and you can walk around with that in your hand it's, you can walk around with a tin of pepper spray in your hand um you know you can walk from the shop to your car you can walk in the parking lot whatever with a tin, a tin of pepper spray in your hand and be quite innocuous you can't do that with something gun shaped uh because you're you may as well be walking around with a glock that um and i think it's very very i'm, I'm going to be somewhat blunt i think it's very stupid to carry something that looks like a gun that isn't a gun on your person um i've seen people run around carrying airsoft guns uh and trying to pretend that's a real gun all you're really doing is is <laughs> You got all the downsides of carrying a gun without any of the upsides of carrying a gun. Uh, so, yeah, I'd rather have something that doesn't look um, doesn't look like a weapon. And you know what? Here's a radical idea. While you're waiting for the license, why don't you go work on those other skills that are going to be useful anyway? Um, you know, learn how to throw a punch. Learn how to murder, you know, pajama murder people. Or learn something beyond just... Oh, I'm going to get a gun. Uh, guns are super useful, but it, it's not a magic talisman. Exactly. Cool. I think that covers that. Um, there are two more. Do you, uh, I suppose, you don't know what order they're in, so I can't ask you to hit them in any specific order. Uh, no, let's do that other one first. No, not that okay. one. Okay, I'll, I'll do the other, other one first. Cool. The other, other one, yeah. <laughs> 
I want to go with option three of the two that you've presented me. Cool. Um, hang on. Let me just type it third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what to do if your PP is too small? Okay. Do you want to do the first, the second, or the third item in this list? Now? <laughs> I'll let Kunai answer question three because he is the subject matter expert. Okay, cool. So I'll talk about gun spares and Terry will talk about small peepees. <laughs> All righty. Um, so the, uh, if I delete the, the, the one that we really don't want to talk about. Gun spares. <laughs> yeah, that leaves us with presses and peepees. So, <laughs> um, so presses for beginners. Uh, I think we've covered this a couple of times in the past, but we'll do it briefly again. Um, so there are a lot of people who will tell you that for a beginner, a progressive press is a really bad thing and you're going to blow yourself up and you need to learn on a single stage press first and all sorts of shit. Do uh, you know what I did? You bought a progressive? I, no, I, I bought a blue press. I bought a, like, bought a 650 and my first time, or my first time loading because I did load development and I loaded ammo, but... Like my first time really using the press other than for load development was when I loaded a thousand rounds in a single day for the previous level four. You know what? I didn't blow myself up. I didn't have a single problem with ammo. Um, they were all fine because I paid a little bit of attention to what I was doing. Um, I wasn't doing anything stupid while I was reloading ammo and it was fine. Um, I think you should buy the press that suits your budget bearing in mind that your budget should probably be a little bit more than what you expect to pay so it's uh you're not buying the press and t can expand on this if if he agrees with us you're not buying the press for the ammo you're going to shoot tomorrow you're buying the press for the ammo you're going to shoot in 10 years time because i expect my press to last that long um and i'm hoping to in 10 years time shoot a lot more than i shoot now um that we're all shooting a lot now but like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was shooting a lot, a lot. And I'm hoping to shoot more than that uh, into the future. So I need a press that will support that so that I don't have to relay out cash um, down the road. I want something that supports uh, caliber changes because I shoot multiple calibers and I'll probably continue to expand on what I shoot into the future, at least in theory. I don't know if I actually will, but no, in theory, there's you're going to shoot nine mil and then everyone needs a 45 at some point so you're going to shoot 45 at some point and then t told you you need to shoot seven by 64 so at some point you're gonna to have to reload for seven by 64. um so yeah I, I would go progressive immediately i would spend a little bit more than you think you should and i would buy something with um a lot of knowledge on how to support them in this country and a lot of available spare parts that generally last pretty well um Anyway, you're saying a Dylan. What <laughs> what he's saying is he's saying by Dylan. So I'll I I have long recommended that people's first reloading press should be a single stage. I'm one of those people who who, who said that uh, for a couple of reasons. One, and 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 this is it's going to be dependent on on your level of of sort of technical and mechanical skill. Uh, I am technically and mechanically. Um, subpar uh and <laughs> fuck you i nearly spat out my beer <laughs> no don't, don't wait 
Mexicans. Um, so, you know, I've I've seen a lot of guys start with progressives and and do well, and I've seen some guys start with progressives and, and have a bit of shit. So, I I still think there is been, and I've softened my position, but I do think there is some benefit to starting on on a single stage or a turret or something, um, so that you can learn the process better. And it's a useful thing to have on the bench as well. Um, if you want to work up a quick load or if you want to mess around with something a little bit different, it's really nice fucking around on the single stage as opposed to trying to, you know, change it on the on the progressive on the fly. So, you know, I, I reload pistol ammo on a, on a progressive oscillator 650 and, and I view that as a, as a production line. Um, this is what I load and I try and change it as little as possible. Um, Rifle, I'm a little bit different. I reload rifle on a single stage, and I have no intention of reloading a rifle on anything except a single stage because I'm, <laughs> I, I lie. Um, 2D3, I'll load on a, on a progressive because that's basically a big pistol. Um, but, but proper rifle, um, I want to load, uh, you know, <laughs> 20 rounds of proper, 20 rounds of rifle is a, a fair amount of rifle ammunition. It's not like 20 rounds of pistol, which is a magazine. Um, so if it takes me a bit more time to load those three rounds because I'm individually weighing each charge and, and all that sort of good shit, um, it, it's a different process and it's I despise reloading and I actually am quite enjoying rifle reloading, um, mainly because I'm a nerd. Uh, but yeah, so if you're going to get a progressive press, uh, my advice to you is you buy Dylan and absolutely nothing else. Um, I've tried the others. I've had shit with the others. I've seen people have shit with the others. I'm hoping one day someone will make something that's that's awesome. I had two Lee Pro 1000s because I thought I'm, this is the answer I want to buy. One in nine, well, one in 45. Um, I ended up giving them away uh, because I didn't want them in my house anymore. Um, I have a Hornady lock and load that's been lying. I think it's lying in the vault at work now that, that's been out of action for probably 10 years. Um, because it just, it was a little bit cheaper. It was somewhat simple and it just didn't do what I needed it to do. Uh, so I would, if you're going to load progressive, I, I get the Dylan that kind of works for you. Um, and if you're going to reload rifle, I'd, I'd get a single stage and I, I wouldn't try and multi-purpose that too much. Um, yeah. So rifle reloading, there's, there's, there's so many extra steps with, you know, to the process that it's not a, it's, it's less of a problem to, to not be doing it progressive. Once again, not including two, three or, or AKs if you didn't listen to us at the beginning of the show. Um, but yeah, it's if you're gonna if you're going to make sure to do a bit of research on what you're doing, you can start on a progressive. Uh, but you need you need to not think you know what you're doing. You need to have a bit of a clue. Uh, because it does, it increases the chances of going something going wrong. Um, you know, it's it's also a case of a Lee anniversary or whatever the 2021 equivalent of Lee anniversary is. Um, it's probably going to do what it says on the box pretty well, whereas a cheap progressive is not. Um, so if you're on a massive budget, uh, you're better off getting a Lee turret press, and the turret actually still quite a useful sort of thing. Um, because I also understand that some people go, you know, I can't afford the 25 or 30,000 rand or whatever an XL 750 costs. I don't even know what it costs now. Probably more than that. A lot um, of money. 
yeah and and for a lot of people you could look at and go are you ever going to break even on that um because you're never going to save money reloading you're just going to shoot more for the same money um if, if you're shooting 100 rounds a month and and that's kind of where you're going to be because you, you're an adult human being who's like done weird things and had children and all of that and now doesn't have time to spend all your time shooting um and 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 you know this about yourself then maybe save the money buy yourself a single stage and spend a little bit of time loading your your 100 rounds and and i'm not trying to belittle it loading your 100 rounds going to the range and shooting that um, and i know guys who do that and there's absolutely you know if, if that's your reality I'd rather you bought the single stage press and we could then shoot two, afford to shoot 200 rounds a month than you brought the progressive and couldn't shoot for three years while you paid this thing off. If you're going to be shooting more, if you're going to be serious about your shooting, um, something a lot of guys don't understand is the guns within reason are, are the cheap part of this. Um, you know, if, if you, you go, I'm going to start shooting IPSC, I'm going to buy myself a Shadow 2 and the whole rig and you spend 45,000 rand setting up that rig that's awesome. If you want to be any good, you're going to spend more on that on ammo in the first year. Um, so that's where it makes sense to have a progressive. So I would hate to gloat pistol on a single stage again. I think I better not say I'd shoot myself because Facebook will ban me again. Um, <laughs> still, you mean <laughs> they'll ban you yeah. still? Yeah, I, 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 I think my ban just ended. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. I think a single stage has a has a role, uh, but it's going to be soul destroying if you want to get involved in any sort of sport. Um, so you've you've got to look at where your reality is. But I would not buy the cheapest progressive. I would buy is a still and square deal B. Uh, I I wouldn't buy any progressive beneath that. Yeah, I should probably clarify my position on uh, buy a progressive first. Uh, I have only been reloading for a couple of years. I've only loaded. I don't know, probably 125, 150,000 rounds is, is what I've loaded. You've probably done a fuckload more than that. Um, when I started loading, I was surrounded by people who understood the process and could explain it to me. And I am relatively technically minded. So I had no problems. I can see that there could be problems for people who are less attentive or do not have the correct... Um, people with the right information at their disposal uh, that that could go wrong. And then I guess doing the single stage makes sense for a, from a safety perspective. Um, yeah, never reloaded rifle. I've only reloaded pistol, so I can't really comment on that. Um, I know guys tend to prefer single stages because I don't know, better fucking even pressure on seating shit and you can fit longer cartridges and all sorts of weird shit. You can trickle in powder, like one grain at a time. I don't Do mean we, one. I don't mean one grain in the sense of one grain of of white. I mean, I mean one kernel. One kernel at a time. It's like, I mean, I I, I shot a thousand rounds in the time that you fucking trickled ammo into uh, trickled powder into one rifle case. So, dude, we we've got this like awesome machine at work that you go. I want twenty five point seven grains of this powder, and you go to do it. And it goes 25.5, 25.6, and then it goes and it trickles out and you get your 25 whatever goes beep. You throw that in the case, you put it down. It it's fantastic. How many weeks does that take? It takes, but you get some spectacular.
spectacular amount of it. But as I say, it's right, dude. Like, yeah, you go to the, you go to the range with like forty rounds of rifle. That's a lot of shooting because like you could like shoot, then you let let the barrel cool down, and it, it's also it, the price of a small what, fucking family car. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a medium sized family car. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I keep buying fucking rifles now. Because the problem is, you go to the range with one rifle. No, this is a problem because you shoot. Now you wait for it to cool down. And and with me, it's like, oh, I'm not going to wait for it to cool down. No, I was about to say, if I owned a rifle, um, um, the barrel would probably be shot in like I don't know forty rounds because yeah. I'd shoot at the rate that I shoot pistols, <laughs> which is about I don't know seven rounds a second. <laughs> I, I was I was watching a thing the other day because I have a fetish for seven more calibers, two eighty nozzle, which is like a brutal seven more um, barrel life. They they reckon, and I don't know how scientific this is, but they reckon bar- accurate barrel life before a noticeable accuracy change. I think was nine hundred and eighty four rounds. But the good news is you couldn't afford to shoot nine hundred and eighty four rounds. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing with rifles. You're like, I got all excited the other day. I found some cheap triple two bullets. The bullets were three grand fifty each. That yeah. was super cheap, yeah. and that's just the bullet. For the people who don't understand what the bullet is, the bullet is not the entire thing you sh- you you use to make booms. It's just the thing that comes out the barrel when it goes boom. It's the fly bit. There's a lot more cost associated with making it fly. It's the thing where when famous Hollywood actor who will remain nameless for legal reasons doesn't pull the trigger, still manages to fly out the barrel of the gun. I saw um, that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a single action revolver. I didn't anyway, we're being topical. Um it was a so single yeah. action revolver? Yeah, it was a cowboy movie. It's a single action revolver that somehow magically cocked itself and pulled its own trigger while pointing at someone. But it wasn't yeah. him. He didn't pull the trigger. It just I'm, it just went off. And I'm, the I'm, devil made him do it. I'm adding another topic between uh the one we just discussed and the next one that we'll we'll finish on. This one's going to be all in caps. And I will read it now. Are you gonna read it all in caps? I'm going to read it all in gap. In get caps. your boomer voice ready. Okay, I'm gonna get my boomer voice ready. Don't fucking use real guns for movies. Use fucking oh. blank converted guns that are set up for that purpose. Or at <laughs> least get someone who understands to yes. not have fucking ammo near them. The, the, actual, the actual answer is to have an armorer on set. Listen to the subject matter expert and not go... I am a famous Hollywood actor and producer who hates guns. Therefore, I know more than you. Um, and maybe if you're going to be doing things with guns, it would behoove you to learn a little bit as opposed to be you know, proud of your lack of knowledge of this thing. Yeah. Those, those four golden rules that um, I much prefer T's way of stating them, but if you just go look at the four golden rules, if you follow those, even when bad things happen, the bad things are much less bad. Because um, if it does go boom when it's not supposed to go boom, at least it goes into something that's a hard fucking backstop that doesn't matter. I um, mean, you may, might need to pay for the wall, but paying for the wall is a lot fucking cheaper than what he needs to do. I've, so, I've yet to hear a, a, an, an armorer who kind of 
and I mean, I know some armorers um, who who have kind of excused uh, what happened there. That there, there were multiple cascading fuck ups, um, and and now we're anywho Before, that's uh, the truth we, we 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 will probably not be covering that topic in the future uh, despite our uh, massive desire to do it so <laughs> maybe it's best to tell people that coffee is for closes and star in sitcoms about um, uh, tv networks rather than things with guns there we go exactly the last one, and I think that you might get a little kick out of this. I don't have the entire context of this up here, though I recall what it was. Um, gun spares. Are they important? Nah. Nah. You don't need them. You know, if you buy a shitty gun, then you need to buy spares because they break. But, you know, I've, I've had this Taurus for 400 years and I've shot almost a thousand rounds and I've never broken apart. Except this is the internet, so I need to divide whatever number you give me by a thousand to yeah. get to the real number. <laughs> so you've had it for four minutes and you've shot one round. <laughs> exactly. Gun spares are very important. Um, and not and just because you have a, a, a and a, HK fans in South Africa are the biggest fans of this. They do the whole, I've got an HK, I'll never need a spare. No, you've got an HK, you can't buy a spare. That's not the same as you'll never need a spare. Because um, they don't have an official agent in this country. Uh, HK makes spectacular guns. Shit happens. Um, if you use the machine, the machine will need, will possibly break, and at the very least will need service parts. If you buy a Toyota Land Cruiser, which is incredibly tough on, on the road and your kidneys, um, and is super popular throughout Africa because of its toughness, and weirdly enough, because you can buy spares for it throughout Africa, despite it being so tough, um, you will at some stage need to change a shock and a freaking belt here or there, or, you know, things wear out. So, if you if you have a quality gun, they will take longer to wear out. Though sometimes shit breaks sooner, sooner than expected because it's made by man, um, and sometimes you'll you'll wear it out. The analogy I always use in armor course and that sort of thing is it's the Toyota Hilux example. Actually, we should like go to Toyota. They should sponsor us. Um, I'd like a Hilux double cab. Uh, whatever the big one is with a canopy. Anyway, moving swiftly along. Don't need a four by four. I'm not greedy, but I do. It must be an automatic. Um, <laughs> the you could buy yourself a, a Hilux. You could weld the bonnet shut so that it is impossible to service, and you could probably drive that thing for a hundred thousand k's. Um, at the end of the, that hundred thousand k's, it's going to be poked, uh, but you'll have done a hundred thousand k's without any maintenance. If you took the same vehicle and you serviced it every 10 or 15 or whatever thousand guys Toyota tells you to, and you give it a, a modicum of mechanical sympathy, you'll still be driving the same thing at six or 700,000 guys. And your gun's the same. Yes, I've heard the story about how my 1911's got the same recoil spring in it since 1943. One of two things has happened. Most likely you're talking shit or you haven't, the gun hasn't been shot much since 1943. Um, <laughs> My gun has had the same 
recoil spring in it since 1943. Just ignore the cracked slide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. The uh, fucked frame. You know, and and silly things like mags. I, you know, most of you remember. Well, if you're South African, you probably remember what happened uh, uh, July 12th in the week or so after that. Now, I'd had many discussions with guys before that about how it didn't matter if you couldn't get spares easily because he's got a friend who lives in fucking Sierra Leone who will smuggle things in for him and post it to him or what you know. They, they, there's always some story, um, and and what happened to a lot of guys that that and little inside trading, we sold every Glock Happy Stick we had in our shop in a in a day. Um, stuff that had been hanging around the 24 round coyote mags which i think are really cool and a lot of people just weren't buying they were hanging all of a sudden didn't matter guys were what big magazines have you got and how many have you got um and i'm talking a lot i'm not talking we sold 20 magazines um we sold probably a year's worth of magazines in a day uh, if you don't have instant access to that sort of thing by the time your friend in America who's going to secretly post it to you has found one for you, um, the time of meeting has probably passed. So you need to be able to, and can you imagine if God forbid the weekend before that you chip the extractor on your insert cool guy gun here that's so much better than anything available here because the trigger's three grams lighter um, or whatever and now what you had was a heavily regulated paperweight um weird things happen um i know a dude who had a very good quality gun that had a car accident and the frame snapped in half um on a brand that's not supported in south africa so what happened is he had a very expensive heavily regulated paperweight um you need to be able to keep these things working you need to have some basic spares uh you know it's recoil springs are, are cheap and should be replaced regularly um, most guns around 5,000 rounds if you're running one of the and that's something to bear in mind as well if you're running one of the, the very popular things at the moment you know the, the the micro nights so glock 43 sig 365 um shield hellcat what, whatever you you've got um that's a violent little system so on 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 my gun like that, uh, what have I done? Sorry. Um, I don't know. What have you done? The the thing in the place of the guy. Uh, you know, I'm replacing my recoil spring on that gun every 2,000 rounds. Um, is that a little bit conservative? Probably. Uh, but you know what? It's a cheap part that makes the rest of the machine easier to look after. Uh, I, I'm I'm not interested in having anything less than six mags for a gun. And to be honest, six mags is far less than I'm happy to have anyway. Um, I don't want to use the same mags for carry and for, for training. I don't want to use the same mags for carry training and, and, and matches. Uh, I have mags that get smashed in the ground. I have get mags that get carried. Um, if I can't buy mags, then what starts happening is the two or three mags I have get used a hell of a lot harder. Uh, and I'm also more leery about doing anything, doing any proper practice with them. So it's, it's a long roundabout way of saying you need to have support for whatever gun you've got. Um, you know, it's, and, and you need to have the ability to fit those parts as well. 
Uh, and bear in mind, on, on, a, on a, a modern polymer service pistol, those parts will probably drop in. Uh, on a 1911, they're almost definitely drop in. If a 1911 part says drop in, that means requires less gunsmith fitting than the other part. It means that you only need to pay for four hours of gunsmithing as no, opposed no. to a week. No. Uh, <laughs> drop in after you filed this, tweaked this, stoned this, filed this again, stoned this again. Um, then it'll drop in. It won't work because you still got to adjust this. Uh, that is a fact. Um, it's a thing you can't deny. Like there are 9 million bicycles in Beijing. I cannot deny that because I don't know the answer. Um, I mean, I, I knew that from when I was much younger, but I suspect that the number of bicycles have increased since then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and is it 9 million or 9 billion? We were discussing this the other night. It's probably 9 billion by now. <laughs> but it used to be 9 million. Um, 80 million. Yes, another I, one hit wonder. I, I agree with T. Um, if you do any form of shooting in volume you are going to wear out parts and parts are worn out sooner than you realize they're worn out yes that gun with that recoil spring that's run i don't know fifteen thousand rounds might still be functioning but it's functioning for now and you're doing uh damage to parts that is irreversible Right. At some point, you're going to have to replace something really expensive because you wouldn't replace a hundred round, a hundred rand spring, seventy-five rand spring. Um, don't do that. It makes no sense. Um, having spare parts for guns is a really, really great idea. I don't, I don't mean spares at the shop. I mean spares physically in your possession, because the thing that you need will break when you need it, and you won't have something to replace it with. And most of the people I know who are anti-replacing spares on mechanical devices like firearms only own one firearm. Um, you can't get a spare for your one firearm, and it's something that is critical in order to make it work. Guess what? You no longer have a firearm. These are expensive paperweights. If that's your defensive pistol and you need your defensive pistol, um, which is much more likely in South Africa than it is in most of the world, not the entire world, but most of the world. Um, guess what? If that thing's out of action for six months or a year or five years, um, you're kind of fucked. You're buying a new gun. No one's buying your piece of trash that you can't get uh, spares for unless you lie to them. Um, and you're out of action for six to 12 months while you wait for, for a new license. Um, I find that highly unacceptable. Um, so own two guns if you can. Um, if you can't, we understand that's that's one of those things. Own two guns if you can. If you can only own one gun, make damn sure that gun is serviceable. I don't mean just serviceable as in it functions now, I mean serviceable as in you have the spares and the expertise available in South Africa to keep that thing running. And if it goes down, you can get in your car, drive to a place where knowledgeable people can fix it. Uh, they might not be able to fix it immediately, make an appointment. Like a decent human being but they can fix it in short order um, make sure that you if you own a gun make sure that's the kind of gun you own if you own multiple guns make sure that at least one of the guns you own fits that criteria because guns are funny things if you're shooting them for sport um 
sometimes you really need them because you're shooting a big match and it's important to you. Um, but if you're using them defensively or you have them for defensive purposes, which I think most of us do, um, it's kind of non-negotiable that they work and they work flawlessly. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an actual example that, that from, from, from the annals of tea that happened to me. 2014 uh, Golden City, uh, IPSC Nationals of Golden City. Yep. I had just got the license or recently got the license for my gun. Um, and I'll mention the gun because I'm going to mention the supplier because it was a it was a fluke issue. But I had a Grand Power Excalibur. Um, I think it was the Wednesday or the Thursday before the match. I go do a practice session. I'm shooting my gun. And the hammer snaps off and smashes me in the face. Um, it's a fluke. Some sort of weird machining or material issue with the part. I, I couldn't tell you. It's not something that happens very often. It's not something that is expected. It's not something that you you can you're you're likely to plan around, but shit happens. And obviously it happens two days before the match. Um, so fortunately, uh, MRST were the agents. So I could drive through there. They very kindly stayed after hours so that I could drive through there so they could fix my gun so I could shoot the match. Um, because they're really good guys and, and, and a good agency. If I had have had something where that wasn't an option, that match is done. Um, and that, that, that happened to me. The gun didn't have a huge round count on it. It had been well-maintained, all of that. It was just shit happens. There's some sort of flaw in the, in, in the material and it's failed. Um, so I don't know. How, I'm not, I'm not a gambler. Uh, you may be a gambler and, and assume that that's never going to happen to you, which is awesome. Um, but if it does, you're going to be somewhat disappointed. So the, the one great stuff, MRST, good people, please support them, especially if you need guns cut, they're the people to go to. If you need 1911 work, they're the people to go to. Um, if you don't have a me available. Um. <laughs> yeah, if you've got a pet corner, that makes life much easier. Um, so good stuff. Thanks, guys. Um, just the, I can't remember where I was going to go with this. I went, thank you, Austin. And then I, I fucking lost the entire train of thought, which kind of sucks, right? <laughs> oh, I, I was, I was going to say, I, I have seen dudes break trigger springs on their brand new shadow twos. I mean, brand new as in it came out the box now and six rounds later, the trigger spring was broken. Um, it's not necessarily a common problem. It's not a, an issue with the gun, right? It's, it's as he said, material defect that is likely to happen in any gun uh, or any gun manufacturer at some point. They're going to have a piece of material that is not up to their standards and that slips through QA because really you can't fucking tell on a little fucking spring unless you're spending enough money that the spring is going to be you know, a couple of grand each. Uh, you, you can't spend the time to QA them to that point, which is why if you replace parts, you have to test them. Even if they're dropping parts, you got to shoot them. Okay. If you're putting in something new in your gun, I don't care what it is. Even if it's something ginormous, like a, like a recoil spring, that the assumption is that I can, I can compress it with my fingers. It feels fine. It's okay. I still want to shoot hundred rounds with that thing in my gun before I trust it. I'm probably going to shoot more than that, but I mean, it, 100 rounds is going to be my my minimum sort of barrier of entry before I would be willing to trust that gun for a match, never mind for uh, carrying it. 
Um, the problem is if you don't have spares available, you just bought that one spring because this is the one that I needed. You stuck the new spring in, the old spring is fucked and went in the bin like it should. The new spring is no fucking good and you can't get another one. Um, at least with some of the guns I own, I know that if I get in my car, I can buy a hundred springs for that thing. Um, and for the guns where that is more of a problem, guess what? I'm sitting on, I have enough spare parts for a SIG 229 to probably buy a SIG 229 because I know I won't be able to find parts if I need it. Um, so you've got three parts. <laughs> I, I have like like a, like, a, like a trigger return spring, a recoil spring, and an ejector. <laughs> I, 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 got a I got a message from a, from a dude I won't mention any names last Friday. Recently moved over to a shadow from a, from a, from a Glock um and uh breaks trigger spring it's like how does this happen i'm like you bought a competition gun it's not a service gun uh it's nothing shadow twos are brilliant guns they're gonna break little pieces they they are almost definitely gonna break little pieces more often than a p10 for example see i'm not just being a glock guy because it's a racing it's a it's it's racing equipment it's not service equipment Exactly. Um, you've, when you make the thing do things that it wasn't originally designed for, I understand you're buying your shadow as a, an out-the-box gun, but it wasn't the, the design that it's based upon was for a service pistol, and the way those guns are set up out the box is for racing. He said, if you buy a car for racing that's set up for racing, you can reasonably expect to need to service it more frequently than your road going car and you can reasonably expect to need to replace parts preventatively and because of breakage more frequently than on your road going car that's just that's the way it works if you're putting more mechanical stress on things because you have lighter springs and you have less physical contact surface to get a better trigger that kind of stuff that stuff will wear out um because there's just less of it there's got two areas that are rubbing against each other and both surfaces are absolutely minute to get you the best possible trigger and to wear out the springs are going to wear out because they're you're running an eight or a nine pound spring as opposed to a 15 pound spring or a 16 pound spring that they were designed to to run with originally you're sticking you know they were designed to be 15 round mags and you now have a 21 round mag guess what you're going to wear out followers depending on the base plate design you might end up breaking base plates at some point you're definitely going to need to replace springs probably yearly if not more frequently depending on how much you shoot if you're dropping the stuff a lot you're going to need to replace actual full mags because you're going to deform them to the point where they won't work at some point i've spoken about this a lot plan that you're going to need to replace sights iron sights are trash i love them <laughs> I love them. Don't get me wrong. My carry gun is iron sights. The competition guns that I shoot have iron sights. I love iron sights. It's the way that I prefer to shoot guns. They're trash. You're going to fuck them up at some point. If you're me, you're going to fuck them up more often. Yeah. But at some point, you're going to have to replace your, your, your iron sights. Even if they're fucking fixed iron sights, I've broken them. <laughs> you're going to need to replace those things at some point. Um, I've seen dudes shoot their brand new fucking fancy sights that they just put on their Glock. So they put a set of HDs on there. Um, they didn't wait for the uh, Loctite to set, so they didn't clean them properly. Four rounds into shooting the gun, the HD goes into the fucking bush where you can never find it again. 
going to need to find more of that stuff. If you have some obscure gun, you can't find sites for that thing. It took you seven months to order the ones you got. And that was the last stock they had because they're not making them anymore because obscure gun. Um, you're fucked. <laughs> so. I think corn has broken more insights than I've broken dots. And I've broken a lot of dots. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is with me and insights. They hate me. I love them, but they hate me. Yeah. Adjustable rears are the worst. <laughs> I mean, the fronts are pretty bad too, but the adjustable rears are the worst. <laughs> uh, fuck. My claim to fame is breaking. <laughs> yeah, you, un- I mean, I, I'm unbreakable breaking shit, but you break insights. Uh, at least they get well used. Um, I've also, sorry, it just occurred to me, I've also broken a firing pin. On a gun that doesn't break them. On a gun that doesn't break them. Just before a major match. Uh, I I had to replace the four of this last Africa champs. Um, I had to replace an extractor. I had to replace an ejector not long before that. And I replaced a firing pin stop on a 1911. So that I had had to replace an extractor in in my... my primary gun, I had to replace firing pin stop and my secondary gun. Um, those are not the kind of things that you find when you need them. Yeah. Um, you might find an extractor for 1911, but it's probably trash, right? Finding the good ones, you need to buy some when you can find them. You need to buy some stocks. Um, firing pin stops, you can get ones that are made of cheese that you can literally file with your fingernail and last four rounds before they break or uh, start dislodging out the, uh, the the back of the gun and locking the gun open. Um, or you can get the really hard and nice ones, but they're in stock once every fucking, I don't know, three years. So you have to buy a lot of them. <laughs> T heard me say hard and he's like... Corne uh, said hard and nice. You heard it here first. Thinks <laughs> the harder ones are the nicer ones. Um, I'm going to put that as the show title. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's going to be annoyed because they have to listen to, I don't know, an hour and a half of us or something like that. Of that no gas. Of no gas to get to the reference that is the show title. <laughs> uh, those are all the questions that I could find um, with the sort of three minutes of research I did for the show when the show started. So <laughs> It's the most research we've ever done. Um, and my give a fuck is now running out. Which makes sense. You're... Uh, T and Gaz and Sash and some other people are heading off to the Nationals in Stilfontein tomorrow at the time of recording this, um, last Friday when you listen to this. So when you listen to this, if you listen to it when it drops, we'll be busy shooting the PCC Nationals. There you go. And we'll, and we'll know who won the Pistol Nationals. And, and they'll know who. Very happy or very sad. Or both. No, I've fucking done enough happy for other people now. The only person I give a fuck about now is me. Ah, okay. So T will either do happy or sad. I'll probably do happy and sad, depending on. Uh, I did the all outcome. my happy for everyone at the last nationals. But I did there before they, they got all my happiness. Fuck them. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck, dude. Have fun. Um, hopefully, it's, a, it's going to be a good match for you. Um, I can't say much more than that. <laughs> I'll say it after we've stopped recording. 
No, 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 not nothing like that. You don't have to tell me to fuck off. Oh, okay. Would <laughs> I tell you to fuck off? Yes, you just did. I suppose. So, sorry, let me just get this right. Five stars, minimum of. What to be in the say? club. Oh, sorry. To to be in the club, we need a minimum of five stars. And was there anything else you had to do? Oh, you had to buy a Welcome to the Gun Show shirt. And for this um, week, we have special club rules. You have to go and leave a nice review message on Podchaser or whatever the fuck that site is for last week's episode, the second part of the red dot thing, because we came back for you fucks just to record that. So, you know. Yeah. We, we could have been having fun, but now we had to talk to each other. <laughs> Fight. And on that bombshell, later losers.